Welcome to How We Did It, a podcast dedicated to dentists teaching dentists. This podcast is powered by ESS Dental Solutions, the nation's leading platform for outsourced dental billing and other services. All of the guests are winners of ESS Top Practice Award, who share their experiences, best practices, and what sets them apart in their communities. Their opinions and recommendations are their own, and you should consult with your own professional advisors with respect to your own practice. Welcome everyone to today's episode of our How We Did It podcast, a podcast dedicated to dentists teaching dentists featuring our top practice award winners. Today, I am joined by Sequoia Dentistry. Thank you for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me. Of course. To kick things off, can you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your practice? Yes, of course. So I'm Dr. Jeff Proneloff. My practice is Sequoia Dentistry. I just bought it about a year, year and a half ago. So I'm new to the whole uh, business ownership and and, management and all of that uh but i've been doing dentistry for about six seven years now i graduated in 20 uh when did i graduate i graduated in 2017. uh yeah i know right <laughs> so um yeah so not not so new to dentistry but new to business ownership for sure awesome so did you always know that you wanted to own your own your own practice or what is your journey in the dental industry looked like yeah for sure so you know, I always knew I wanted to be in healthcare. Uh, my mom was actually a pharmacist. And so I would work with her a lot and I would deliver hospital beds with my dad. And I knew I wanted to do healthcare, but I definitely wanted something that was more um, hands on. I'm sure you've heard that from a bunch of dentists. You know, and as dentists, we like to work with our hands. And mm-hmm. I tried shadowing a plastic surgeon and, and MD. And I just came to dentistry and I was like, I really love you know, the one-on-one with the patients, the family dentistry, getting to know them. And I um, I studied psych as a major, so it was important to me just to get to know those families. And I wasn't sure what I was gonna do associateship or, you know, have my own practice. What I ended up doing was, is after I graduated, I went to UC San Francisco. And I, like I said, graduated in 2017 and started working for a very large practice. We had 14, 15 operatories. There were two, three dentists there at all times. It was all PPO and fee-for-service. So it wasn't like, you know, any anything other than that. It just was high volume. And so I definitely learned a lot with seeing a lot of patients. And what I felt is, is I still want something that is more of my own, that I can have better relationships with patients, that it really is just me seeing them and, and being able to see them grow up and, and and take care of them long term. So that's where I'm at now. And then I am really, you know, of course, with anything, hurdles of dental school, hurdles of college, hurdles of starting out as a dentist, feeling like, oh, wow, we know everything. Do we know everything? You know, and now hurdles of owning your own business. But there's a lot of reward that comes with opening your own business and owning it. Yeah, for sure. Sure, sure. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on the new practice. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm assuming in Sequoia, there's quite a few different practices. How do you differentiate yourself from some other practices in your community? Right. So for me, you know, um, this practice has actually been around for 12, 13 years. Um, and I bought it a year ago. Uh, the dentist, unfortunately, passed away during COVID, not COVID related. And so then there was a dentist that just came in for the year um, and he bought it thinking it would be a second practice and it was starting to dwindle away. Um, and that's when he decided, oh, I better sell it. I can't have two practices. 
I share all of that because when I ended up coming in, the assistant that was here is one assistant. She's been here since the beginning, 12, 15, 13 years. And so I've learned that this practice, you know, the patients come in and they all talk about the previous doctor that passed, Dr. Tran, how great he was. And um, uh, so, you know, I wanted to, first of all, carry that on. I really want patients to come in here and feel like it's a, it's, it's, it's a home. It's they come in here and they feel comfortable. It's not a dental office. We actually had a patient come in the other day and she goes, I'm an interior designer. And I have to say that like coming in here feels really welcoming. It feels different than the typical dental office. And mm-hmm. I really do want patients to have that experience when they come in. I don't, you know, dentistry is a scary place. I understand that. My parents grew up in, in Europe. And so even when they come see me, they're always like, oh, I'm so nervous to go see, you know, I'm, like, I'm your, I'm your son. What am I going to do to you? You know, and it's like, it doesn't matter when you, when you're, when you're in a dental office or you've had bad experiences, it, it, it just carries on. And so for me, it's super important that when patients come in here, they understand that you know, we're a team for them. We're here to help them and and make sure they feel comfortable. So that's kind of what I try to do to separate us from anyone else is, is really treat the patient first, like a person, you know, and not just, oh, we got to get this tooth taken care of. Yeah, that's awesome. I always say in dentistry, it differs from medicine in the sense that you have those time, that time to build that connection with the patient and see them as, you know, more than just a number, maybe just a chart as opposed to in healthcare where sometimes that can be the case. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. I've experienced that myself as a patient. It's like, okay, next, 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 you know, like, yeah. that's actually when I shadowed, I was like, I don't want to just be, you know, in and out of sick patients constantly and not be able to, you know, spend a little bit more time, get to know them, see them every six months, you know, with my good patients that don't have any cavities, things like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like you had a a legacy left behind, then some big shoes to fill, but that's been important to you. That's awesome, and I'm sure the patients yes. appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I was going through his stuff, and I found, like, the same UCSF. I didn't know he went to UCSF, and, like, the same syllabus, syllabi, but they were from, you know, 20 years ago. And I'm like, okay, well, first thing, right? You know, we're into the same dental school, so that, that's cool. Um, that's awesome. It's like a full circle moment. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So obviously we're partnered through eAssist and we are honoring your practice as a top practice. But speaking in broader terms, just within the field of dentistry, being a dentist, how would you define a top practice? Yeah. So, you know, I think there's two major things with this, the top practice. One, I kind of touched a little bit on like not making them feel like a number, making them feel like a person, um, making sure that in, in terms of dentistry, I really like to explain what I'm doing. I like them to know everything. Um, I put big TVs on in front of the operatories and I do a scan of every patient. So I go over that scan with them and I show them tooth by tooth. I show them the x-rays and I try to make it really clear about, okay, this is what you need. This is why you need it. You know, answering any questions, spending that extra minute with them to make sure that they understand and not, not just what I've heard from many patients. So I've heard from many patients, you know, that they come in and it's like, oh, you know, you have 15, you know, cavities here and there, and, and they don't even know where they are in the mouth. And and for me, I understand we're healthcare providers and, you know, it's not like, oh, would you like to get this filling done? But at the end of the day, like, I do want them to be part of the treatment plan. I want them to understand what they're doing. And I think that that helps them make, makes them feel a lot more comfortable when they come into such a nerve-wracking place. Like, I understand what's happening today. I get that, right? So for me, that's one part of, of being a top practice. And, and I remember actually, speaking of UCSF, they changed clinic to be titled patient-centered care, just to make sure that like, hey, we're putting the patient first. Like we, we wanna make sure that they're comfortable, that they're happy and that they understand what's going on. So to me, that's that's a top practice. 
Um, the second aspect of it is, and this is unfortunate, but it is the reality of it, is that they understand what the fees are going to be. I don't like surprises. I don't like, you know, I like, I like here's the worst case scenario and hopefully we'll be able to to say hey good news is you didn't need to spend that much but i don't like like even when i go to the doctor and i like have a procedure done i have no idea what it's going to cost they're just like you need this and then i get a bill three months later and it could be whatever it is so for me i've taken a lot of pride into trying to learn how insurances work um so that way you know when we present to a, a patient we of course tell them these are all estimates but at the same time we have a pretty good grasp of okay this is what we expect to receive and so top practice for me is of course the patient aspect of it and then the customer service that comes along with being able to explain that this is what your fees are going to be as best as we can and making sure that they understand you know at the end of the day is it really a dental insurance or is it just a dental savings plan there you know <laughs> yes is it really insurance anyway so as long as we include them on both of those things i think we're, we're a top practice sure sure that's really interesting we haven't heard that financial expectation side of things but i think that even ties into putting the patient first just in a different capacity exactly yeah for sure so speaking of insurance, what initially brought you to eAssist and how has having eAssist impacted your practice? Right. So this is a great question. So the reason um, I even agreed to do this podcast is because I really do believe in eAssist like no other. And here's why. So the practice I explained, Dr. Tran, you know, um, was running his way. It was fine. Um, a lot of it was paper charts and um you know, I don't know how they did, but the previous owner switched everything to digital. There were some issues with um, with some billing. And so when they bought the practice, it was almost like a little fixer upper. They didn't call it a complete startup. They didn't call it a established practice. They ended up calling it a jump start at that point. And there was a very, very, very large AR. I mean, you know, six digit AR. Um, and I assumed, okay, well, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to train somebody and we're going to make it work. And I remember listening to some uh, podcasts that, you know, were saying, hey, you know, billing is its own. You should have an employee that just does with billing and they should be in a back office where they don't even get dis distracted. You know, they're on the phones taking care of it. And so, I came in here thinking, all right, well, I, you know, all I know is dentistry at this point. I know nothing about management. I know nothing about business. And um, very shortly thereafter, I realized why there's usually so many employees in the dental office. Because at that point, I had one front office and one back office. And I'm expecting my front office to schedule patients, do treatment plans, do the billing, do everything. And I'm like, well, that's probably why the AR, you know, has built up. So I started to think, okay, do I do my own billing? Do I hire another person for it? And my dad is actually the one that said, hey, I think you should look into a third party biller um, because, you know, there, there's already so much you're handling and you can just do it for a couple months. And then, you know, once everything's kind of taken care of and you've learned it, you can bring it all in house. Well, I think I've been with you guys a month for probably nine, 10, 11 months now. Actually, no, I think this is a whole year because I think we started up in January and I have no interest in bringing it in house at all. Um, E-Assist has brought down my AR tremendously there is no question about billing they fight for it they know what they're doing they get the money paid on time easily quickly there's that aspect there's also that you guys are excellent resources i mean i love my teammates very much we have our weekly meetings and you know we i know about their lives they know about ours you know and anytime we have a question we text we call and they're able to explain stuff to us 
Um, patients also really, really appreciate that. They, you know, if we have any issues, we say, hey, we have a third party biller. They're really educated. They know exactly what they're doing. And so we give them a direct phone number and they call and they speak with Diana or, you know, we used to have Alma and we, now we have Sarah. And it's just, I mean, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, it's, it's efficient. And then it's just a wonderful resource for us. And I don't ever see myself going back to in-house. Um, yeah, I know. I know. It's true though. It's really how I feel. I mean, it's like, why, why, when it's working so well, it's, it's just perfect. Why would I, why would I change it? Well, that's a great testimony. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> of course. You know, I think we talked to a lot of dentists who, like you were saying, they know dentistry up and down, but they haven't quite figured out the business side of things. And so it's great to hear how we're able to partner with you on your mission of putting the patient first and kind of freeing up some of your time and some of your staff members times to focus on the patients and we can handle all of the behind exactly. the scenes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you don't have to include this, but you know what? Also, it's really good when the patient comes in and says, I'm really confused about this bill. It's like, well, you know what? We use a third party biller. Why don't you reach out to them? It's yes. not, you know, and it's not about putting blame or anything like that, but it really does help the patients kind of separate because we are healthcare at the end of the day. It is a business at the end of the day and you don't want them to think they're selling them. On mm -hmm. And I really do hate that. And and that's why it's so important to me to show the x-rays and all of that. But when you have that third party biller also, you're able to kind of give that to the patient and say, hey, you know, we use a third party billing because we want everything done the way it's supposed to be done by the books, you know, all of this. And so that really helps us also. And I think it makes patients feel more comfortable that like, oh, okay, yeah, let me, it's, you know, they're using somebody else. This is, uh, you know, this isn't just them messing up my billing or whatever, you know, so yeah. I, think, I think everything about it is just, it works really well. Yeah, I had spoken to another dentist previously who was really focused on building those patient relationships. I think she took over a practice and was struggling to form some of those connections. And she was speaking about how being able to just point a finger somewhere else really helped remove the tension there. And she was able to focus on building positive relationships. So that's great to hear. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are on our last question, and I'm curious okay. to hear your answer to this being new in your practice, um, yes. but you also, you really bring the energy, so <laughs> here we go. Yes, go for it. Being a provider that has an established office and what sounds like a great culture, if you were talking to someone who was fresh out of dental school and wondering, what do I do next? What would be your advice for them? That's a great question. So um, I remember... I guess in the olden days with dentistry, 20 years ago, 30 years, everyone just went to private practice right away um, or, or specialty. And then when I was in dental school, it felt like, oh, everyone needs to go to AGD or GPR, do some sort of one-year residency of general dentistry. And I came across a really good faculty member that told me, he said, listen, I think that there are good AGD, GPRs. I think there are good first jobs. And I think whatever you find, um, just make sure it's a good one. It's going to be a good fit for you. So for me, I worked at that same practice that I was talking about for five years i didn't go to residency um because actually i spoke to a, a dentist that i knew and she said hey i have a job hookup for you why don't you go meet with them and when i did i realized you know this is an amazing mentorship support um and uh that's the route i went so for me you know first of all don't don't beat yourself up because it does take time to get comfortable in the dental chair so i would say in the beginning you know it's important that you just focus on dentistry make sure you get good at your bread and butter um you know that's, that's number one. Then the second thing is once you're starting to grasp the bread and butter, try to really learn about management skills. How do you, how, you know, uh, the assistant is really, you're not any superior to them. You are their coworker when you, when you work in an office with them, but 
if you are planning on opening your own practice, I think it would be important to start to learn like, all right, can you learn some of the office manager skills? What do they do? Can you learn some of the front office skills? What tactics do they use when the patient calls and wants to reschedule? For example, we don't use the word cancel. There's no cancellations in our office. No one cancels. We reschedule, right? We don't tell the patients when we call and there's nothing, hey, we, you know, patient canceled. We say there was a change to our schedule. You know, we have an availability today. So there are little tactics that really, really help make your, your patients understand the importance of their appointments. That helps your team feel that they have the tools needed to become a good um, office manager or a good front office or good dental assistant. And so I think sometimes we get so focused on dentistry and I think that should be your focus, right? When you get out of dental school to make sure you can, you can get comfortable with that. But once you start to think, oh, you know, I do want to go up in my own practice. I do want to work on my own. Don't just jump out to it because you feel comfortable with dentistry. Start to really learn the ins and outs of, you know, maybe be a little bit more, um, uh, let's see, more of that leader role to the assistant where you almost kind of maybe are trying to provide some feedback in a really good way and see how they, they, they respond to that so that you can learn from those tools. Maybe, you know, hang out with the front office a little and learn something about that. Maybe start to take some um, courses on insurance and billing and all of that so that when you do get out there, it's kind of not like me where you're like, oh my God, what is everything, you know? And, and you know, I do bring up the fact that I love e-assist and I would recommend using them for anybody, but you still want to know insurance. You still want to know billing because you're going to be the ones doing your treatment plan presentations and patients are going to ask you or your front office and you want to have those answers. Um, but just make sure that you don't, you know, in the beginning you focus on dentistry and then you don't just get too stuck in that and you start to think about everything else because there's a lot to it. Yeah, that's great advice. It sounds like dentistry and then slow down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Learn mm -hmm. some of the skills you didn't necessarily learn in dental yep. school. And yep. Take your loops off. Here we go. Take your loops yeah. off and use your wide vision, you know, and see everything that's going on there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was great having you on the podcast and congratulations on your top practice award. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by eAssist Dental Solutions, a platform dedicated to helping dentists get paid faster and get paid more. Dental insurance billing services provided through the eAssist platform can relieve your dental insurance headaches, get your over 90 insurance receivables near zero, and help you collect 100% of what you are rightfully owed by insurance companies. To learn more about how the eAssist platform can help your practice or to schedule a free consultation, please visit dentalbilling.com.